Hello and welcome to another episode of the Creative Waffle Podcast. Today you're listening to myself, Mark Hirons, and Chris Logston. Chris is from the Sasha Group, formerly Vayner Media. He runs the all-American apparel company Godspeed and has a 10 to 2 side hustle. During this episode we talk logo books, shop rags, work ethic, priorities and hustle. Over the years Chris has become a good friend of mine and we've met up at Creative South in 2018. It's great to continue this relationship. This is Chris's second appearance on the podcast. I hope you enjoyed this chat as much as I did. Before we get into the podcast, here are a few ways you can help out the show. Down in the description of this podcast, there'll be a few links to t-shirts, the Creative Waffle Club Discord group, to our Patreon, and they are ways you can help out the show. Any of those would be really appreciated. Also, the, probably the biggest way and easiest way of helping out the show is just showing the message around. Either leave a review on iTunes or whatever you're listening. I'm taking a screenshot right now of your podcast player and share it on Instagram stories, tagging at Creative Waffle. So there you go then, that's done. Thank you very much for listening. Without further ado, let's get to the podcast. Welcome back to the podcast. Yeah, this is great. Dude. I, I think we, we talked before, but I was early on, I think it was number 20-something, right? Yeah, yeah. And where, where are we up to now? Which episode is this? Well, I don't know. 130-odd. I haven't worked out what number it will be yet. <laughs> My gosh, man. You've been cranking. You've been cranking. Very cool. And of course, excited and happy to be back on. Um, a lot has changed, I think, since the last time we, we talked, like, what, two years ago, I think it's what it was? Yeah, it's been a while. It's been a while. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But very cool, man. I'm I'm stoked to be back on. Nice one. Awesome. Thank you very much for coming back on. Um, is it what's changed with you then since we last spoke? What's going on? Whoo! Um, my gosh. Well, let's see. Um, I, I mean, from a from a work related standpoint, uh, Vayner Media, which is you know what our what we were here in Chattanooga, we were the the, the southern office, or the southern southern version of. Um, Vayner Media, that's headquartered in New York. Um, uh, since the last time we spoke, we have uh, recently transitioned into um, uh, Gary or Gary Vaynerchuk's new uh, new company, which is called the Sasha the Sasha Group. The lights just went out here. <laughs> what happened last time? At some point, if I remember correctly, or it was dark or something. I think it did. I think I think that did happen last time. Yeah, it did. It did. Uh, it's funny. Um, but you can still see me. All right. I, yeah, I can see. It's all good. So yeah, so uh, the Vayner Media Group, uh, the Vayner Media um, Chattanooga office transitioned into the Sasha Sasha Group, um, and the reason for that is uh, real quickly. Uh, you know, Vayner Media has gotten so big now um, to the point where uh, a lot of folks coming to Gary um, and asking for his help are wanting to need sort of the Gary uh, impact. Um, we're much, much smaller businesses that just simply couldn't afford VaynerMedia. Um, so uh, a lot of money was probably left on the table because of that. And just knowing Gary's background for anyone who, who knows him, um, he came from uh, from the small, small like kind of business world and his, his father's uh, wine store back in New Jersey. So he's got a lot of love and heart for that. Um, so he wanted to uh, essentially be able to help in some form or fashion. So um, he chose us as sort of the, um, uh, the guinea pigs, so to speak, um, to become the, the, the new, uh, to become this new company called the Sasha Group. We do have a smaller, uh, we do have another group up in New York too. So there's kind of like a Sasha North and a Sasha South. Um, so that, that happened uh, back in January, 2019. So we're about, what, five months in. So that's kind of been the, been the biggest change from a work-related standpoint on what I do on an everyday basis. And it's, it's been interesting. It's a really cool, um, again, my, my career has traditionally been um, 
in the advertising space working with fairly large companies, the Pepsis, the PepsiCo's of the world, um, the MasterCards and just big, big corporations. And it's been fun work. Um, so transitioning to like small, medium-sized businesses is super interesting in that one, half of these companies you've never heard of, yeah. right? Um, uh, and two, the, I think and the biggest difference is you get to be in meetings with those individuals who, um, started the company right like a lot of times it's just one or two people so the conversations are much different you really kind of feel the urgency in some aspects mm. for them to like you know we need to grow this company and you, we need you guys to help and do it um, we only have this amount of money um, yeah. even from a from a monetary standpoint you kind of really feel this onus of like my gosh like they're literally giving us their their last dime in order to help them like get to the next level. So we got to be really good stewards of their money and their, of their time and attention in order to like do what it is that we're promising that we're going to do, which is um, helpfully provide some explosive growth for their company to get to the next level to where we can say, cool, now you're at a point where you can go work for VaynerMedia or you can go now partner with a VaynerMedia because you're that much bigger. So it's, yeah. it's conversations we're now having with like some of these business owners um and it's just cool you know it's different so um that's again the biggest change that's happened from uh from a work standpoint um is that also going, going into that is that the uh design part of that is, is it working with the main business owners it's obviously a very different thing from working with um a group of people within the company because it, it obviously the money like you said the money is different and also it's just going straight to the, the owner of the company so they're probably more likely to know what more about the business yeah, I mean, a lot of it is really doing your homework and understanding what it is they're, what it is they're doing um, and what they're trying to do from a business mm -hmm. standpoint. I mean, a lot of the products that these companies are offering are just, again, random things. You know, it's not like, you know, oh, Pepsi's launching a new flavor of, of, of Pepsi. So here's the new can and then let's go try to make a cool campaign around it. It's like, I mean, we're talking to people who have um, like their own, their own like pasta sauce right their own garlic sauce or like they 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 own a shipping company and they, they package up certain things and so it's it's just interesting unique products that certainly demand a different approach um so it, it's yeah in at sasha we offer a, a bunch of different products and, and how we can help them grow so it's been interesting and one of those aspects which has been really cool um, considering you know i love doing logo work and branding work is we also offer a logo and branding package which never never did that before obviously because you know the pepsis go to the pentagon <laughs> you know and, um yeah. to get that type of work done um but the obviously these, these smaller companies that we're talking to they can't afford that necessarily at least not right now so um when they do need a, a refresh or like hey we need we need a new logo because we don't have one um it's cool in that um, now they, we've sort of built this product around what I love to do, which is obviously creating logos and branding. So there's been this interesting um, coming together of my two worlds, meaning you know, working you know, underneath the VaynerX umbrella, which um, sits on top of VaynerMedia and Sasha Group and everything else that Gary does. Mm. Um, and then there's the work that I kind of was doing on the side, which was this whole 10 to two thing, right? Which was just pumping out all these logos for people who needed it. Now, kind of the two worlds have overlapped and it's been really cool in that like I now get to do logos in the normal morning you know, daylight hours which is <laughs> yeah we've um we uh we have a few a few of these small businesses coming up where I'll have the uh, amazing opportunity to um work on like a brand identity um for some of these small companies um so it's it's just cool how it kind of it just both worlds merged um so it's, it's been a really cool interesting transition um for me personally and in my career uh, so I'm, I'm grateful for it. 
Yeah, absolutely exciting times. Uh, what's in the uh, the Sasha Group logo uh, logo package? <laughs> Can think of the words. Um, yeah, as in like what you know, if someone comes to us and says, "Hey, yeah. we need something." Um, so, generally speaking, we we provide the the brand voice look and feel. That's like the overarching, um, uh, I guess, what, what we're calling it. So, what that what that entails is essentially what it says, right? So, voice look and feel. Um, so within that package, um, we have uh, strategically we help set them up on figuring out like top down, like why does your brand exist, all right? And then what are the values that come from that? And then how do we then go take those values and execute against that in terms of um, uh, the content that'll eventually come out um, and some other things that we'll do for them? And you know, and so the the voice kind of helps determine a lot of that too. We'll have a writer come in and help sort of define. Um, how the brand sounds, how it talks. Um, so a lot of really upfront strategic thinking as well as just like getting down um, uh, the, the tone of the brand because we know that's very important. And that's just one aspect of a brand identity, right? And then of course comes the visual part. So, right. um, you know, developing um, certainly the, the logo and that of course, as you know, encompasses like the fonts we're using, um, what colors we're going to use, how it all comes together. Um, so then at the end of the day, um, that, that business we're working with will, um, hopefully have a very, very strong mark that is certainly, um, appropriate for them, you know, and then also have, uh, the, how the, the voice or how their voice now has been crafted to help them go talk to the world. So, um, it's, it's pretty typical in the brand identity thing. So everything there, but then, um, yeah, they all kind of just bundled together for a complete package that um, should, if we've done our, our, our homework correctly and we, we've developed the process correctly, um, should now set their brand up for success. Nice. Yeah, it's literally a complete package then. That's like everything they need. Is that quite yeah. easy to sell or are they it, some people quite... I mean, it's, it's, it's nothing that I think, you know, any other um, branding agency will do for them. Um, mm -hmm. We just do it, I think, I would probably at a more affordable level um, because again, we're not the pentagrams of the world. So, um, yeah. but yeah, and I, again, I get to lead, lead, lead that, the charge on all that, which is, um, which is fun and exciting. Um, it's what I've historically done outside the office um, for even much, much smaller brands and individuals. Um, but now we get to do it internally here with, for some um, unique companies that are doing some really cool stuff. That's awesome. Nice one. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, the stuff outside the office, uh, the Tensile 2 stuff, the, the Ghostbiz stuff you're wearing, this is very smart. Uh, yeah. And uh, this wasn't intentional. This is literally laundry day for me. <laughs> like, I, I need a t-shirt, grab a t-shirt, and it just so happens, yeah, to match up. But <laughs> yeah, you, you got to wear your own stuff sometimes. It's good. Yeah, I'll flaunt it for sure. <laughs> um, yeah, so, so tell me about that. Is it still, what's happening with that? Are you still running it or what's With, with Godspeed? Mm. <clears throat> yeah, um, yeah, we're still running it. We're actually in the process. <clears throat> it's taken us much too long, um, as my, my partners would attest to. Um, we're working out on the, new, on the new website, getting that kind of um, revamped um, in an attempt to, um, again, just kind of just refresh it a little bit, but also I think define our story a little bit more now that we're farther into it. Godspeed has now been up and running for about five or six years. And, um, over the course of that time, we've sort of perfected our, our story and, you know, our own attempts. Oh, who's calling? Damn it. Oh, uh, 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 Let's go live. Let's keep it live. Who is it? I'll, I'll cut it out. I'll, I'll turn it off. They have a question. They want it answered. <laughs> you know it is. 
It's gone. Uh, now we'll forget about it. I, it's, I normally take the phone out of the room, but it, I just didn't do it today. I, I thought for a second we had some like live callers. <laughs> Sorry. No, you're good, man. <clears throat> right. um, um, so, so yeah, so Godspeed. Um, <clears throat> yeah, it's still up and running. We're, we're working on some new offerings. We're working on it. Um, as you know, we have the Shop Rag shirt, which is our flagship product. Um, we're going to be working on um, hopefully another color um, to uh, putting out another color this year, as well as restocking the red one, which we're kind of completely sold out at, at the moment, which is obviously a good thing. So, um, yeah, so kind of just tweaking it and figuring out what we want to do next. Um, but yeah, it's still, um, it still takes up a good portion of, of my time. Nice. And you still buying mainly uh, American made things or is that sort of died down a little bit? That is the, the core of what we do. Um, yeah. and we continue to dig ourselves, I think, deeper and deeper into it. So, uh, yeah, again, for those listening who don't know, um, anything about the Godspeed company, it was kind of born out of our love for, uh, specifically, um, just the motorcycle culture and like kind of the vintage motorcycle culture and all those amazing British bikes, right? <laughs> the cafe racers kind of was, was the genesis of it. And of course we've expanded to, you know, we're, um, we love all, all types of motorcycles, but so it's kind of this fuel inspired brand. We love cars as well. Um, and uh, in, in terms of making this particular shirt, again, the short story, uh, a shop rag shirt inspired by the automotive shop rag, which is primarily an American thing as, as I've come to find. It doesn't really exist anywhere outside of the States. Mm-hmm. Um, a gentleman actually from, um, from the London area who bought a shirt told me that. Um, he's like, yeah, shop rags don't, necess- don't really exist over here so it's it's such an americana thing so when we were making the shirt we wanted to be sure that we were sort of being true to it and um that meant um making that shirt 1000 percent here um in, in the states um which is a difficult thing to do and people said it couldn't be done but as you know as we both know like where there's a will there's a way um and the more conversations we're having and sort of googling and searching out um people who could help us. We did, we did actually find um, four or five different manufacturers who helped create the different individual pieces of the shirt, buttons, the string, the material, the labels, all that stuff. Um, so yeah, uh, so it's super heavily, and, and that then kind of paved our way forward in terms of what we feel is our primary role, um, our responsibility for the brand, um, uh, which is just to certainly continue to make our products 1000% here in America, and then also just be, um, uh, be a voice box for it too. So like our, uh, a megaphone, I guess, in terms of like telling people that like it can be done, you can do it here. How can we help you do it? Like we have a lot of contacts now with different manufacturing um, companies that help us. So how can we now spread the word around? Like you can make it in here. You can make it here in America. Um, it's doable. Um, and we're here to help. So nice. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Shop rags are cool. I mean, I went to crop this year uh, and came home with tons of shop rags. See, I feel like we've started something here, right? <laughs> I mean, everyone, everyone wants to now, you know, I mean, I don't use them. I just like, I like the design on them. So I just yeah, keep them. <laughs> I mean, listen, they're, they've always been good real estate for, for really good design. And um, yeah. it's super interesting because um, uh, a lot of, in, in, in making the shop rag shirt, what's cool is that I then have gone super nuts and gnarly on like finding old original shop rags and to your mm-hmm. point around like the designs on the ones you have now and the ones we've all seen um the original ones back from the 50s and 60s and 70s which was sort of the heyday of american shop rags um they're incredible like it's literally if you look at them and you find them um they're almost it's its own unique study of graphic design from that time period from like this industrial um commercial age 
of, um, of America. So a lot of the shop rags now, um, I've been collecting a crap ton of original American made ones. Um, because the ones you find now, probably the ones you have there, no knock on, on crop in them, but they're probably shop rags that are manufactured either in uh, primarily India or Pakistan. Yeah, uh, they're, they're a loose weave. They're not, as, they're not as durable. I mean, they're durable, but they're not as durable as if I were to show you an American made one. Yeah, the design's cool, um, but the rag is, I'm assuming that rag was probably imported. Um, and if you stretch it, yeah, so you can already see right through it. So um, that's what happened with shop rags through the, through the years. They kind of became um, a little bit cheaper so they can produce them, um, they can produce them in higher quantities. Yeah. Um, yeah, the Studio Temporary one. <laughs> Fun fact, um, that actually uh, was a, a project, that particular mark was something that we came out of uh, when I worked with Scott. Oh, for- really? project it was a it was a rejected one <laughs> i'm airing them out i love it but it, it wasn't right for what we were trying to do um the one we eventually did came out with um we actually put it on our own shop racks but um that was a fun project to work on my man scott fuller over at the studio temporary nice. um but yeah so the old the old shop racks yeah they're, 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 they're perfect right they're, they're great little things um, yeah. to put designs on and the original ones were like three times as durable the material was was just like amazing um, and they all had that, um, what they call a marrowed edge going around. Um, so, uh, yeah, and the ones that I have are just quite beautiful. So it's leading us towards a project that we're now working on, which is we're going to be making um, a book called The Book of Rags. Nice. Um, and essentially, um, very, again, artsy-fartsy type of book. <laughs> where every page is going to be a different original shop rag with a, you know, to highlight the rag itself. But then primarily to highlight the company whose design is on the shop rag. Yeah. Um, I always carry one around here. I'll, I'll <laughs> so I don't know if you can see this. So yeah. this is um, this is an original one, probably from the '70s. But you can kind of see yeah. just the design on it. You get a little close there. I don't know. Where are you picking um, these up from? Like just eBay or, or just where from? Primarily eBay, and then a lot of times when I meet someone um, on eBay who has who have sold who I bought one from, they're usually quick to tell me, "Hey, I have a." two other boxes like downstairs in my grandfather's garage. He used to own a car shop dealership down the street. Like, do you want those? So it's a lot of, um, yeah, it's a lot of interesting connections like that. Or just, you know, when I go antiquing or picking, um, sometimes you'll find a batch here and there. So um, yeah, so the book of rags, we're gonna, I'm going to do my best to sort of document the history of shop rags um, as well as the companies that are, you know, um, showcased on each of the rags kind of figure out like, what happened to that company? Where to go? How long? You know, did it survive? Some are still around, but for the most part, during that time frame when you know manufacturing production left America and went overseas in order to be a little bit cheaper, a lot of those companies were just destroyed and gone. So a lot of times, some from some of the shop rags that I'm finding, it's almost like the last thing that proved that they even existed. So yeah. um, a lot of research going into it, but um, yeah, I'm super pumped to kind of get this book going. I've never made a book, um, but. Um, I think this one is certainly well deserved because no one's ever told the story of the American shop rag. Yeah, that's that's cool idea. I like I'd like to see that book and uh, yeah, more than happy for when it comes out, come back on and promote it. Yeah, and, uh, yeah, we'll talk, talk about, about it. it. We'll talk about <laughs> it. We're, we're literally meeting with some photographers here in town next week to start figuring out how we want to shoot it. So um, oh, it's really on then. <laughs> oh, it's on. It's on. Um, the hard part will be the research because um, a lot of these companies just can't find anything about them. So um, I think I can go. Th- um, I think the Library of Congress or something like that might have some information on these businesses from back in the day, slash the, uh, the primary manufacturer of these shop rags, interesting enough, was not too far from Columbus, Georgia, which is where Creative South is, yeah. right? The LaGrange, 
um, Georgia is about, I think, 45, 30 minutes, 45 minutes north of Columbus. Um, I stopped there the last time I was at Creative South, which is where you and I actually first met, um, to literally knock on the door of the company that now owns the plants. It's called Milliken Company. Um, and uh, if there's any designers out there who know Milliken and you have any connections to them, please tell them to return my phone calls. I've been calling them not <laughs> trying to get some information on because I'm assuming they have a whole archive of the shop rags that they made for these businesses back in the day. And if I could get my hands on that, that would be extremely helpful for the book. So um, yeah, it's on, um, it's going to probably take a little bit, but I'm super pumped uh, nice. to get that. What I think will be volume one of the book of rags. Oh, very smart. I like yeah. that. Yeah. So you're, you're coming up with all these projects. You've got loads of different things going on. You're, you're a busy man. So let's talk about the work ethic and, and, the, and the, the hustle. And um, yeah, just what, what are your thoughts on, on the word hustle culture and, and that sort of, what the stigmatization of it and then we'll go on to what you do <laughs> yeah i mean i think um i think it's always been there i think just the fact that we have the technology and the platforms where people can now um they can now talk about it and voice it and share their own experiences with it. i think it's now just it's, it's surfacing to a, a ridiculous amount um and then of course you have people like gary and, and those folks that are like him that are certainly pushing that um that mentality too um uh, I guess for me, I've always just, I've always been that way, even going back to my days in college where, um, you know, you, you latch onto something that you love and it's hard to explain, but it's almost like you just do it because you want to, right? There's, there's some of that internal drive that makes you want to go produce that thing that you're so enamored with and you become obsessed with it at some points and that keeps you up at nighttime because you want to work on it, right? So, um, you know, for, for me, it, it, it's always been design. Um, in the last couple of years, I'm really getting back into the world of designing logos and just um, pumping out as many logos as I can because that's what I love to do. And of course, I'm seeing a lot of folks now on, on Instagram or other places that are that are pushing out even more logos and that becomes motivating for me to kind of like keep up, so to speak. Um, uh, so I, yeah, I mean, I think it's just a matter of, I love seeing it in other people. I mean, even what you're doing there is incredible. Like from a podcast standpoint, um, there's so much opportunity to be had now um, by putting in this effort, you know, and, and this hustle. So the, the rewards can be pretty significant as we've seen, you know, like whether it's YouTube stars or Instagram influencers, like really blowing up now because, you know, they've honed their craft and they're talking about something in particular that people want to hear and they're putting in the time and energy to, um, uh, to, to bring it to life. And of course, as, as we know, like the rewards and that could be really cool. Um, so the only downfall is just making sure that there's a balance, right? Like for me, this whole 10 to two thing, which was um, the only time I really had 10 to two for those who don't know, it's kind of just this thing I've, I've been doing. Um, it's literally 10 PM to two o'clock in the morning. Um, realistically was the only time that I had an opportunity to, to do design work in my day because you know, I, I work, I work for Gary underneath Vayner X. Um, so my nine to six is kind of taken up, but then I also have two kids and a family and I want to be sure that I'm giving them as much, um, um, of my time as possible. And a lot of times that means in the morning and then after work from like six to nine, where I'm like there to eat, eat and eat dinner with them with, with both my wife and kids. And also like, make sure like I'm spending time giving them a bath, reading them bedtime stories, putting them down because it's a lot of work. Um, you know, if my wife has to do it by herself. So, um, by the time they go to bed, it's approximately 10 o'clock, hopefully. Um, and that gave me the time to really kind of get back into doing um, 
kind of getting back in the trenches and doing more design work, which I hadn't done um, in the past because I was working too much in one other area of my life, whether it was at the job or something like that. So 10 to 2 kind of became this, um, the four hours that I had um, to really kind of just do what I love to do in creating logos. Um, but with that came like the sacrifice of, and you'll love this, like not going to the gym, right? Like mm-hmm. I see you over there deadlifting. <laughs> no, I just throwing, so, out, throwing down ridiculous way. I see. No, I that's see. not ridiculous. No, I'll just go back <laughs> into it. <laughs> um, so for me, like a, a, coming out of school, I was actually a personal trainer. I was probably in the best shape of my yeah. life. Fantastic. Um, but then life happened and I got the job and I came, I, I, was, I focused and doubled down on that. And naturally when you, when you load yourself up with a lot of things, um, like what I was doing, what I've been doing the past 10 years, something has to give. Right. And that's where priorities come, come into play. And of course I can't not see my kids and my wife and my family. I can't just not work. Meaning, at my day job. So, um, I, I lost my hour, hour and a half of like exercise time. Um, and it led to some health complications, um, that I'm now kind of dealing with and repercussions of that. But, um, so now I'm now knowing that, um, I want to make sure that I'm being healthy so I can live another 30, 40, 50, 60 years. I now have to figure out what's my, how am I going to find time in my day or hack my, my time in order to make sure that I'm giving myself that hour um, at least that hour of daily exercise to where, um, again, I'm just being healthy because that, as you know, when you're healthy, when you're working out properly, it starts to spill into other areas of your life. You start eating healthy, yeah, yeah. attitude gets even better. And then, yeah, that can affect your relationships and that can affect your work. So I'm super excited to get back into it. I literally started last week. I actually ended up getting a personal trainer. I've never had a personal trainer because I know what I'm doing in the gym, but in this particular case, it actually keep, it holds myself accountable to someone else which is great. Um, cause a lot of times, you know, if I can't get up at five o'clock in the morning because you know, it's just me trying to drive myself to, to go work out. A lot of times if I know that I'm one paying someone, yeah, yeah, <laughs> I lose my money on that. Um, uh, and they're expecting me to be there. Then that's just more motivation to kind of again get there, get my workout in and then, you know, move on with the rest of my day. So it's, um, the hustle thing is real. I love seeing, it. I love other people, you know, getting in on it. Um, I've only seen positive things happen because I just yeah. put more time and energy into it. Um, whether it's doing more logos or just getting more time in the gym and just having the, the impact be physically how I'm feeling. So, um, I love it. I think, I think it's good, but the key to all of it certainly is, is balance for those of, for those of the listeners who are trying to figure out how to do it all. Um, the key is balance. And for those who are just trying to motivate themselves to just hustle more, um, there's time in your day. I promise you there's time in your day. It's just a matter of like, what are you willing to sacrifice or give up? Right? Like I don't watch TV that much anymore. Um, I, I don't really go out as much and, and have a beer with friends as much as I used to. So I gave up those things in order to go double down on doing more logos and things like that. So um, you just got to figure out where the priorities are and then just find that balance. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's lots to pick apart on what you just said. I mean, first, first of all, um, I think we should uh, sort of understand the word hustle. So is it just literally working more, working harder? Um, I think so. Um, Again, there's an interesting, I think, um, there's like this, this conversation happening around, like, is it, is hustle the right word or is it just like, just work, you know, like, um, I think uh, I, I like the word hustle, but I think it's, it's now becoming this um, very cliche thing for people um, to throw around. Mm. Um, so that's just the one, you know, people just being careful. Like if you, if you say you're going to hustle, then you better, you better be doing it. Um, 
for me, it's the right word. You know, it, 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 it sort of connotes this thing about like, um, you know, having some sense of drive towards doing what it is you want to do. Um, so I, hustle, work, whatever you want to call it. Um, I think it's certainly a dedication that you have to have towards your craft or the thing you love. Um, and whatever word you're going to use, it just means you got to put more time into it. Um, because you know, time is certainly more time and more reps within that particular thing you're trying to do, whether it's creating logos or anything else. Um, you ultimately get better. Um, work will come out of it. And the more work you put out there, I think the more recognition you'll get, whether it's um, getting more work because of it um, or getting recognized by, you know, your peers. Um, so um, yeah, I just think if you're going to, if you're going to talk about hustling, then you better do it. Right. It's that whole, can you, if you're going to talk, then you better be able to walk it. Yeah. Uh, sadly, a lot of people don't, they just, they just like the idea of saying the word because people respond to it rather quickly. Um, but people will also shut you off if they just kind of sense any BS behind it. Right. Yeah. I think we've all seen that. Um, so yeah, it's a double-edged sword. You gotta be careful with it. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and I, I, I know I, it's people that I follow and, um, I'm good friends with that is, is sort of, um, shit on the, the idea of hustle culture and just don't like the idea of, uh, I, I think because of the bad connotations that it gets, um, as in, you know, working forever for 24 seven, and like you said before, that's not the case. You should, you need to, you need, you need to have that balance. Very good point. I mean, listen, hustle doesn't mean 24 seven at all, right? Like my hustle is four hours, 10 to two. And sometimes I can, I can get it done from, from 10 to 12. Right. So yeah, I think immediately people think that, um, hustling is just like, you're just nonstop, you're go, 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 go. Um, but I think everyone's hustle is going to be defined much, much differently from the next person's right. Like, I think if you're a true hustler, you can actually do it in a short amount of time to where you have more time in your day, right? Because all you're really doing is looking at, your, at, at your, your 24 hours and figuring out how can I best utilize my 24 hours in order to get the things done that I want to get done in order to free up time to go do either hustle more in other areas or just like chill and relax, right? So you, you bring up a very good point. I think, you know, you could hustle from, from nine to one and, and be good right? That just means you're yeah. super diligent and you, and you know how to maximize your time, whatever time you have, right? Again, going back to my, and that's why like, you know, the 10 to two thing for me is perfect because I can get so much done in those four hours. And I even push myself knowing that I don't want to, I love sleep. I don't want to give up sleep. <laughs> so like I'll even drive and push myself to figure out, cool, can I actually get this done in two hours and not just like BS my time sitting in front of the computer and checking my phone or watching the TV. Like, can I actually get this done in two hours? And if I can, I'm going to hustle those two hours in and get it done by 12. So actually, so I can actually go to bed and get some, get some good quality sleep. So, um, yeah, I think, um, the hustle thing, it's, it, it's not 24 seven. Um, I mean, there are some folks certainly who do do that. I mean, you look at someone like, like Gary and, and those folks who, who, who certainly look like, they're doing it 24 seven, but I guarantee you, cause there's a lot of things you don't see in that. Right. And I guarantee you that they're certainly fitting in their time to make sure that um, they're, they're getting the rest and the, the time to recharge in order to continue the next day. Because listen, I mean, you want to go 24 seven, I guarantee you're going to be burned out in a day or two. Yeah, you're going to die, aren't you? You can't, you can't stay awake 24 hours to like, consistently. You're going to, you, you got to play the marathon game, not the sprint. I think a lot of people think that, um, it's a sprint game and that's where they, that's where they, they lose. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, and that's when it, 
you know the health starts going down and the mental health especially um but one, one thing i've i've found uh, which has been really beneficial actually going to the gym about nine o'clock in the evening coming back say 11 o'clock and and then I'm, I'm awake i can do more work because my brain's on um yeah. going to the gym and exercising is it, it does open your brain up and make you more energetic um even if people it seems like the opposite oh you're gonna go to the gym then you come back tired but no it, like my brain's on after i come back from the gym and i can work till two o'clock in the morning without drinking more caffeine it's crazy yeah. i mean because your blood's flowing endorphins are kicked in right yeah. like super jacked up on like coming off of a workout and uh, yeah for some people that can become a great motivating thing to kind of like roll you into the next thing right yeah uh, so yeah i mean it's the benefit i mean cripes the benefits of working out are <laughs> amazing so it's and again i'm now sort of re i'm getting back into it and i can already after a week i can already feel a difference on it like even just my mental my just my attitude oh, totally, yeah. right i was miserable yeah. before um doing all this work and then knowing that i'm like my gosh my, my health is failing so um i even just love how it's um from a mental standpoint has already started to change my perspective on things um but yeah yeah that's a good point it's like you get so much aggression and when you're doing this workout in the gym you're sort of leaving all the aggression in the gym after you come out yeah. and you're like oh relax now yeah yeah you can, you can just settle down a little bit when you when you get out and uh yeah, I mean, I love that mentality of the gym. I, I go I go nuts when I'm in the gym because that's my, <laughs> my only one time to, to let it all out in a way that I, I want to, right? So, um, you know, making sure that it's appropriate, of course. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's, as we all know, the benefits of working out um, and just, or just maintaining a good, healthy lifestyle is important because, listen, I'm, I want to create as much – I want to try to pump out as many loads as I possibly can for the rest of my life, right? Like, I'm looking at Paul Ebu, and I'm like – my gosh, this guy pumped out how many logos? Cool. I want to double down on what that gentleman did, right? And, and so by the time I'm his age, I can look back and, and look at, you know, the breadth of work. So if I'm trying to do that, then how am I going to map my, you know, my actions towards a goal like that? And that means, well, I got to live longer, right? So that means I got to start eating better, giving myself time to go work out and exercise properly so I can have more of a runway, so to speak, in order to go create more work. Um, point where, again, I can look back when I'm 80, 90 and um, – and uh, again, just look at the, the the breadth of work that I was able to produce over the course of one's lifetime. Yeah, and that, that's that's a cool cool thing to to be like Paul Libby. He's, he's awesome. Um, the fact that he's, he has created so much work and so many cool logos that don't get recognized as his logos, but he's okay with that. And he's he's oh, man, he's he's so cool. He's You're talking <laughs> about a hustler, right? That guy's a born hustler. Yeah, he's that's amazing. Cool old school hustler. I mean, there was no Instagram back in 1960s to share your workout, right? Like that dude was just doing it because. You know, I imagine that's what he loved doing. He was good at it. So, um, yeah, it's, it's crazy to see. And, again, there's a lot of people out there like that. I'm just kind of particularly highlighting him because I've recently kind of gotten um, a few of his books. I'm just like, man, it's incredible, the breadth of work that um, a gentleman like that is able to do. Yeah, yeah, he's, he's, he's fantastic. Um, people should go and check him out. I'll probably leave a link. Well, we'll leave a link in the description for, for him as well. Um, you can put him on the show, man. I bet he, he, he might be able to get Have you reached out to him? I've reached out to him once or twice. I uh, know once, yeah, uh, and never got a reply. But I'll, I'll do it again. I'll do it. All again. right. I, I can maybe stir that up. He randomly asked me to email him a while back, so I have an email chain with him. Uh, <laughs> uh, the Letters of Symbols book came out. Um, for those who don't know, go get, it. Book. go get it now. It's super, super awesome. Um, the book that he did with um, uh, Christoph from uh, Logo underscore at, at underscore logo books christoph uh, the pulse maker yeah <laughs> yeah i butcher his name so thank you for that um but we'll see i think we should get him on he'd be incredible i mean living legend right oh, gosh 
yeah yeah he's cool um yeah I, I, with looking at him though is it is it healthy competition though because because i'm i'm worried about uh when I look at people like that and say oh, i need to create as many logos as that or i want to be as good as that did you did you look at it in a healthy way because i've definitely looked at it in a bad way in the past um i do yeah because i, I yeah. mean my intent with any of the work that i do first and foremost is um creating a mark if if someone has hired me to create a mark for them um i don't think of, i don't think about it as sweet i mean here's another logo that i'm gonna have in my in my you know my, my book or or in my breath of work later on it's like mm-hmm. i want to make sure first and foremost that i'm doing justice by them and, and being a good steward of, of their time and their money that they're giving me um and producing a mark that will accomplish what it is that it needs to accomplish for that particular business so um that's priority number one it just so happens that yeah when you do that time and time and time again i mean i look back now over the past three years i've really kind of honed in and doubled down on on doing logo work and i'm amazed at just like you know, without really even thinking about it or even noticing it, my gosh, I, I think I've pumped out more logos in the past two, three years than I had in my entire life. So, wow. um, it, you know, I've always been a competitive person. So I like that. It's, it's more or less competitive against me, not against someone like a Paul or, or whoever else. Yeah. Um, it's more or less like, can I, you know, how much can I possibly do? That's obviously really good work. Um, but um, how, how many logos do I, do I have in me, you know, that I, could, that I could do over the course of my life. So that it's, it's the competitiveness is only really, again, directed inward um, and not necessarily towards, towards someone else. But you hold up someone like Paul and you say, listen, if he can do it, why, why can't I, right? So um, just as long as I have clients who need logos um, that are um, calling on me, which is obviously a very humbling thing, um, then that can hopefully get me to a place where years from now, I'm like, yeah, I, you know, I, I Paul, you booed myself. <laughs> Have you got any more books there you're, you're holding back or what, what's going on? Um, yeah, man. There's a couple of the desks here. I mean, the, the, the best, I love that letters and symbols one. Again, shout yeah. out to to, um, to Paul and, and Christoph there. Um, I, I just, I'm having gotten on his feed and watching everything that he you know talks about in terms of the books, very much like shop rags. Now I'm full on like logo books and trying to think of some really cool, unique ones. A lot of the ones that he talks about. Um, but um, beyond that, I just like how... Um, when you find those books that just like lay them out differently and what I loved about the letters and symbols one um, again everyone should have this in their library Um, I just like how they went you know one per page like really big um, one one per page it's just really cool shout out to Scott there you go that's his Scott Fuller um, pseudo temporary that's his F there Um, so it's just cool um, and unique because a lot of times you a lot of the a lot of the logo books kind of gang up like 20 or 30 on one page. So I like when you find those books that do them a little bit differently. Um, this one, um, which is really cool. Um, it is the uh, top, top trademarks, symbols and trademarks of the world. Um, there, it's a seven part series. This one actually is number four, Great Britain. Hey. So, um, and apparently these are super rare. So I, I have a lot of conversations with, um, with Christoph over there around like logo books when I find some ones. Uh, he doesn't have this one. So, what's up? It's gonna fight you. <laughs> yeah. um, apparently, they're 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 rare. I actually ended up getting two of them off eBay from um from a town next over here in Tennessee, which is crazy. Oh, wow. um, apparently, they're 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 pretty expensive. Um, and to find all seven, um, I think someone is actually selling all seven for like a thousand dollars on eBay. Um, but I found two of them and I got them for like ten bucks each. Incredible. But what's cool about this is, I mean, look at the shape. Look at that. Like super <laughs> super tall and skinny. It's pretty thick. Yeah, cool. That's a thick book. 
Um, you guys can't um, smell it, but on my end, it smells like it's been literally packed away in a, a dusty old box in the bottom of a library. It reeks. <laughs> Uh, I brought it on a plane one time and I felt super bad because I opened it up on the plane and like mm -hmm. people around me were like, dude, close the book. It's, it's <laughs> so, um, but it's cool because you can see like they actually went like super, they went like four logos, you know, top to bottom. Um, on each page, well. side, they kind of tell you obviously, you know, the who, what, when and where behind it. Um, and then, yeah, each one highlights different aspects, uh, different uh, countries around the world. So I have number three and four um, of the series. Um, you know what? I, eBay is one of the best places for me to get books. I've got, um, I've got a book here. What do you got over there? Which I don't want. I haven't opened yet. I don't want to open it because I'm meant to be opening it on a video, right? And it's the uh, the Pentagram 400 marks and monogram, the red one. Um, yeah, I've heard about but I, that. But I got it for I think it was 50, 50 quid, uh, 50 pounds. It's normally it's, and it's maybe really rare, and it, it's, it goes on Amazon for. 80 to 100 pounds so it, you know it's still a lot for a book um yeah. but it's, it's not bad that thing uh, looks like a brick yeah i'm gonna have to i'll open it on the <laughs> on a oh, video yeah. i've had that for months there i just need to do it i'm just so bad with books um what was the company uh k uh, lawrence king they sent me loads and loads of books uh, to review on on videos oh, awesome. at the beginning of the year i just haven't done it because i'm i'm so bad at reading uh, I just it's like I got lots of really good ones as well so if you're listening to this I might have one out by now but uh where are they they're over there they've got Sol Bass's book uh A to Z of low, uh, visual ideas you've got the future book Futura um I don't know I need to do it though I need to read some yeah. books no I, I've been like again what's so great about um uh Christoph's feed is all these like you know obscure ones that are super rare um uh, I'm looking at one right now that I'm going to go purchase. It's like a, a Japanese magazine that highlights like Japanese icons and logos. So um, yeah, man, you can just nerd out all day long on these things. And it's cool because it, it becomes, it definitely becomes a resource. I know it is for me. Um, you know, one of the first things I do in terms of my process of starting a logo is like, I just like to spend a good half hour, an hour pouring through all these books and kind of just seeing what's been done, getting some inspiration from, from those marks that, um, came before us so um, it's such a great resource to have on the shelf and it, yeah and there's something to be said about actually holding and flipping through the pages of of, of a book um so it's, it's just a nice kind of downtime process that um you know helps inspire the work that that's to become after that nice awesome that's really cool uh what how many books have you got now in the library uh too many <laughs> <laughs> yeah, especially after I, I got that. I think I showed you. I'm not sure. But um, there's this 10-part series book um, that came out in the 70s. I forgot. I wish I had one here. Um, it's not the black one. Uh, they're all different colors. Ah. Um, and I literally found some on eBay selling them for like 100 bucks. I got all 10. I'll, I'll, I'll shoot you a note next time. I want to oh, say the author, the author was Mark, some, Mark something. Oh. Oh, I, was just thinking, I was thinking of the, um, is it Yasubu Barakoa, whatever his name is? Is that his name? That's the Japanese guy. Yeah. I just picked up one of his books. I haven't found, I'm still waiting like to kind of walk into the old antique bookshop and get one of his books for like 20 bucks because otherwise people are selling them for like $300, something ridiculous. Very expensive books. A yeah. friend of mine found, uh, found one of his books for like a dollar at, at like a street fair. So I'm like, I'm waiting for my moment for that one. Um, but if I remember correctly, I think when you had Scott Fuller on last, I think he actually showed you one or two copies. He said he had like number two and number seven or something like that. I oh. sent him number two because I, or whatever it was, um, because I, I doubled up somehow. Um, 
but it's a 10 part series, which is pretty cool. Um, so those take up a good amount of shelf space, but, um, yeah, man, I mean, I probably have anywhere between 20 and 30 books. I mean, nothing ridiculous. I think, you know, folks like Scott or someone else probably have some, um, um, some more, but I'm, I'm kind of slowly starting to build it up. Um, as more books come out or as I find more interesting, obscure ones from, you know, Christoph's feed. Um, but they're great, man. They're awesome. You know, it's, and it, it's scary too, because you start to realize, my gosh, everything's been done, right? <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. Like, how am I possibly going to make a new mark based off of like the fact that it's probably somewhere, you know, in this, in one of these books. So it's, it can be a frightening thing, but, um, as designers who work our way around it and it helps. And that's why I think the books are important because if you can kind of mentally catalog things that you've seen before, it helps you kind of stay away from um, certain marks. So you don't run into any like legal issues. If for, if for some reason, one of those marks is still out there in the world, you know? Mm. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. Um, in the interest of time, because you've got to go to the presentation and stuff, uh, we're yeah. going to move on to the last couple of questions. Yeah. So the best, you got? best purchase under a hundred dollars. Best purchase under $100. Oh, my gosh. I think you asked me this before years ago. Um, <laughs> it, is, it is actually years ago. <laughs> yeah, it is. Um, I mean, I, I'll, just, I'll just continue to hype their book. I think the Letters as Symbols book um, has, one, has been one of the most recent ones, right? Um, I think it – I mean, my gosh, it's only like 45 or 40 bucks, right? And, and it's great because um, – they do such a good job um, in, in terms of bringing uh, logos from, you know, uh, older designers from other countries. And then like some of the, the newer designers that we, you, know, you and I probably both know that we see um, either on Dribbble or, or Instagram. Um, so I think that book is, is, is great. It, it, it pairs well with that massive logo modernism book that is the size of a freaking table. Um, so I, 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 a lot of good value in that. And then just to double up on the question, um, I joined Logo Lounge for like $99 and it's right at the $100 mark. Yeah. Uh, obviously Bill Gardner and team over there. So I, that's incredible too. I think, you know, it's, it becomes a real quick, um, obviously, you know, online digital um, guide of sorts to quickly kind of punch in, you know, certain keywords. So you literally Google-fied the logos, you know, um, all the logos that are out there. So it, that's been a really good and valuable thing. And uh, I wish I joined it earlier. Um, but I threw down a year ago on that and spent $100 to, um, to sign up for that. And it's great, you know, because you have the opportunity then to get your, your work chosen for a book yeah. that, that you put out every year. So then there's some, you know, some opportunities there to kind of get your work out and get printed. Did you have one? Did I see you had one? In yeah, last year. And then I've got this year as well. Yeah. yeah, yeah congrats, buddy. Congrats. <laughs> Thank you very much, yeah. <laughs> Logo Book 11. Yeah, I got, I got one in there this year. So I'm, nice. Uh, but yeah, I think that's, that, that's another good $100 well spent. It is, yeah, yeah. And uh, if, did you meet Bill last year at Creative South? I did. I don't think I personally went up to him. It's like starstruck. You know, yeah. guy. Like he's like Bill Gardner, handsome old gentleman who's doing his thing. He's, oh, I love it. Um, he's so charismatic on stage. And I think I was just like so starstruck, starstruck by him. But at some point, Bill, if you're listening, come down to Chattanooga, Tennessee. Let's hang out. I'll buy you coffee or beer, whatever it is. But yeah, I would love to have some, some conversations with him. But super, super grateful for what he's, he's doing. It's phenomenal. Um, so. Yeah, that is awesome. All right. Uh, life lessons are rules to live by. <laughs> wow. Uh, yeah. My gosh, where do you start? Um, 
first and foremost, and I'm very grateful because I think my, my parents instilled this um, upon both my brother and I at a young, young age. And that is um, go find the thing you want to do that you love to do and make that the thing you do for the rest of your life. Right. And that doesn't mean it's going to bring in all the money or anything like that. It just means like it's going to bring you the happiness. And listen, I know we have to, you know, we have to have a bed to sleep in, food to eat and something over our head to keep us dry, safe and warm. But um, that doesn't necessarily involve having uber amounts of money to, to buy those things. Right. Um, I think as, as I'm climbing, you know, in age 37 now, um, I think the one thing that I'm now starting to feel has a bigger impact in my life is just sheer happiness and, and what I get to do um, on an everyday basis, whether it's working for Gary in the Vayner world or like being able to do my own logos for some really cool people. Um, I'm just super, super grateful that my parents instilled this notion of, um, you know, there is an opportunity to find the thing you love to do and, and do the rest of your life. It's just how much, how bad do you want that and how much time and effort and energy are you willing to put into it in order to make that dream um, become a reality. So um, it, it's finding that thing, right? And then what helps with that is surrounding yourself with good people. Like, that's it. I mean, that's, that's a big part of the equation. And if you're not necessarily in that situation, then it's on you to make the move. No one else. It's on you to make the move to go put yourself in a better situation where you're going to be surrounded by those people who challenge you in very good ways, who you look up to, who you're learning things from. Um, the decision is, is on yourself and no one else to put you in that situation. So um, surround yourself with those people who are going to be a positive influence on your life. They're around, I guarantee you. And sometimes you got to go find them. Sometimes you have to ask, you know, embarrassing or awkward questions in order to kind of get close with them. But I mean, you look at someone like, I mean, you do it, right? You cold call people all the time and you're able to put yourself in, you know, in the midst of, you know, the, 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 the draplins and, and the polished shears and all those people. So like, it's doable, right? A lot of times you're willing to, 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 to have a conversation and, and speak with individuals like, like yourself or like me. So um, yeah, go, go make your happiness the thing you do the rest of your life and surround yourself with good people and use your time accordingly because we only got one life we only got one life all right i like that and the last question that fits in nicely is how do you want to be remembered how do i want to be remembered um yeah i mean we kind of touched upon it like i, I at the end of the day selfish you I, I would love to be able to you know sort of how I view someone like a, a, a Paul Yibu or other designers that we admire, like just the breadth of work that they were able to produce in, in their lifetime. I would love that from a, um, from a design standpoint to be remembered and um, have my, my work live on um, sort of from a, a legacy standpoint. Um, but beyond that, I think um, first and foremost, I think being a very good father to my kids and my kids, you know, I, I have such admiration for both my parents. So I would hope that my parents or my kids would, would view me in the same, in the same manner. Um, and then for everyone else that I've, I've had the opportunity to meet, um, I would hope that I'm remembered um, in how I conducted myself as, as a good human being um, in terms of the, the, the kindness and empathy that I, I hopefully shared out and what I'm trying to do on an everyday basis with, with those individuals. So um, kind of a few answers wrapped up within that, uh, my response there. But um, I think just being a good human being, you know? Yeah. No, that's good. It's important. Uh, yeah, nice one. That's right. That's lovely. Thank you very much for being on the podcast again. Hey, man. I appreciate it. And again, kudos to you. For everyone out there who's <laughs> listening, man, I mean, take note of what Mark is doing here because I think it's incredible. Um, I, I, and I, I gush over you all the time whenever you and I talk, man, because I, I love the sheer out and that hustle word coming in. 
Um, you know, it seems like you have found the thing that makes you happy. And I'm, I, you're a shining example that it's doable, right? Like, uh, my gosh, look at your, you're in the living room there, <laughs> right? Your parents' house, right? Like, it's doable. You don't need much, right? So um, I just commend you and I'm super stoked with where you're taking this. Like, I think we've all seen the growth in it. So man, I'm just, I'm super stoked to be having this conversation with you and encourage you to keep it up. And if there's anything I can do, let me know. I'm more than, more than happy to help out if, if ever needed. That's very, very kind of you. Yeah. Thank you very much. Uh, where can people find you and say hello to you? Oh man. Um, well, listen, if you want to meet in person, right, you can find me in good old Chattanooga, Tennessee. That's uh, right on the southern, southern eastern border of, of Tennessee, right, right near Georgia, the north, north Georgia. And if, if you're going to come see me, you can probably even, we can probably finagle to get Scott Fuller up here. Um, so that's, that's where I'm currently at in terms of the physical form um, and the digital form. Of course, all the platforms. I'm not on Dribble. I never uh, kind of came after me. Uh, but Instagram is where I probably am uh, the most active. So um, at IAM underscore LGD um is my instagram handle um and yeah i mean i love having conversations there so please please shoot me a dm um let's let's chat it up um and then uh or just shoot me an email logston.chris at gmail.com like i'm an open book you know so i'm I'm, i love having conversations with random folks so um yeah that's it wicked go and say hello go and say hello to him and uh yeah check it out thank you very much mark appreciate you buddy Thank you very much for listening to this episode of the Creative Author Podcast. I'll leave those links that Chris just mentioned down in the description. You can go check them out, as well as a few ways to help out the podcast. Like I said at the start of the show, the main way you can help out the show is to leave a review wherever you're listening to the podcast. Whether that's on iTunes, Anchor, CastBox, it really does help to get us up the rankings. We've got new episodes every Monday with a brand new football creative episode coming on Fridays. Some of you may be thinking, oh, I don't really want to listen to football stuff. Well, to be honest, it's just people that are in the football industry. It's still talking about design, it's still talking about work and their process and their story, but it just so happens to be for people in the footballing industry. So you still might really enjoy those episodes too. I will start uploading those to this podcast platform. Anyhow, thank you very much for listening. Please do go and check out the other videos on the YouTube channel, and I'll see you next week for another episode of the Creative Waffle Podcast.